Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. to snap the Rileys. He drops back. Blue Chiefs looking for Everly. He's going. Going to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown Eskimo. One-timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, here we go. Good to have you along for the ride this evening. It is 6.06. It's a 1-1 tie early in the second period between Calgary and Washington. Other NHL action. Red Wings lead the Canadians 1-0 late in the first. Arizona and the Lightning won one in the first period. Early in the second period, no score between the Rangers and the Devils. Late first, already 2-2 between the Hurricanes and the Panthers. Penguins up 1-0 on the Sabres. That's in the second period, and after one, the Senators and Bruins are tied 1-1. So we'll keep an eye on all those games for you this evening. The Oilers, of course, will play at Anaheim tomorrow, 6.30 for the face-off show, 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck. The Oilers have won four straight. They are second in the Pacific Division because they have the tiebreaker over Anaheim. But if the Flames win tonight, the Oilers will get pushed down to third and Anaheim down to fourth. The fun race continues, and all of a sudden, San Jose within range again. The Oilers just four points behind the Sharks. My goodness, this is a fun time of year, isn't it? Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. A lot to get to tonight, but we'll begin by welcoming one of your all-time favorites to the program, Sportsnet's Gene Principe. Hi, Gene. I'm not even an all-time favorite at home. That's pretty impressive. I like that. I also like the fact when you said, isn't this a fun time of the year? And I'm thinking, usually it's not. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it is because we're all hockey fans. Uh, but I, I think for uh, almost every one of your listeners, or most of them, they're Oilers fans and then they're hockey fans. So uh, it is really fun to hear you talk about you know what Calgary's doing and Anaheim moving down, and they could hear and they might go there, and if they win, and they got the tiebreaker. It, it's nice that it's relevant uh, to a majority of where audience comes from, and that's Edmonton. Well, it is great, and uh, I I did not cover the Oilers through the entire decade of darkness, as it's been dubbed. Um, but I started on Oilers Now when the non-playoff streak was at five, and I produced that show for years wow. six and seven, and yeah. then uh, eight, nine, ten as the pre- and post-game host. And one thing that made me kind of sad, Gene, was was beyond even just talking to frustrated fans and, and you know sometimes doing therapy for people, it, it was sad to me how expectations 
lowered every year? I mean, it went to, well, maybe we can squeeze into eighth as to, well, maybe we can miss the playoffs by four points as to, well, maybe we can be in single digits within single digits at Christmas. You know, and I was like, oh, man, you should have higher expectations than that. But it's nice to see now where where people can actually say, oh, home ice advantage, maybe you can even dream of a, a division lead. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the expectations got lower and lower, um, I think, through to the point where Peter Shirelli and, and uh, Todd McClellan took over. I mean, of course, everybody, I can't tell you how many times in the preseason I said, this is their year. They're going to make it this year. They're going to make it. I know it's going to be tight, but they're going to make it by a few points. And then November and December would roll around and, it looked bleak, and then it, it was bleak in January and February, and March and April was just, let's let's get it over with, don't anyone you know, get hurt, and maybe there's some personal goals to 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 achieve along the way, and, and hopefully a few wins. And now it's like, uh, wow, like they could start a playoff series at home. People talk about facing Calgary in the opening round, and now you're right, Reed, uh, with the little slump the Sharks have gone in, I thought they were uncatchable. Uh, and now they aren't uncatchable, uh, even though there's only less than three weeks left in the season, and the Oilers got them twice. So there's there's lots of uh, sort of uh, playoff uh, balls in the air regarding uh, where they're going to end up. I know they haven't mathematically clinched, and I listened to your show, you and Rob, on the way home last night, just kind of talking about basically, okay, let's say that they're in, even though they're not in, and then let's go with where will they end up and who will they play i mean it's they're going to going to to make it and i know everyone's a little uh awkward saying that because of the past 10 years but but let's let's hold our heads up high uh as edmontonians certainly as fans of the oilers the oilers themselves that they fought long and hard to get to this they've worked uh by transitioning their lineup in a major way over the past two seasons so uh, let's go in with kind of our, our chest pumped out and uh, feel good about getting there. It doesn't mean we're going to win the Stanley Cup, even though that's everyone's dream. I mean, you don't want it. There's that confident, cocky thing, but why not be confident? They, they've earned this. They, nobody's just handing out points at the, you know, at the rink when you walk by. Here's two. Here's two more. Here's two more. <laughs> they've, they've worked for it. So, you know, they should be proud of that to this point. Gene Principe joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. You know, Gene, I did a radio interview this afternoon for my old station in in Lloydminster. They have a Tuesday night sports show. And they were asking me about Cam Talbot. And and I said, you know, he almost checks every box for not what just you, you would want from an athlete in your city, but from a person in your city. I mean, kind of an underdog story, uh, work ethic, now excellent performance. Uh, you know, good in the community, like good with the fans, a nice guy when people meet him, and the the additional feel-good story of b- becoming a dad early this season when, when his twins were born. Uh, I mean, it's been a bit of a storybook season for Cam, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, undrafted, uh, what was it, university, and I've said it before, the one he went to, uh, Jay Woodcroft used to play there. Alabama, about, Huntsville. Know, yeah, like... How many, like, how many, how many goalie? How many? Not many players have come out of there. Uh, now you've got a goalie who I'm telling you, Reed. Listen, Connor McDavid's got a battle on his hands right now. I mean, Connor's. I mean, it'll be interesting if you've got the scoring leader at one end of the ice, and at the other end of the ice, you could have. It might be tough to catch Bobrovsky, but there's a chance. 
there's a bunch of them sort of mixed in in that 36-37 win region. And last, I don't know if Bobrovsky's at 39 or 40 now. I'll just quickly uh, confirm that. Yeah, so, you know, you're talking about two, three wins, and it's late in the season, so it may be hard to make that up. But he's also in the mix now for leading the league in shutouts. Uh, I mean, oh, this guy's quite the candidate here uh, for, you know, pick an award for either a goalie or pick an award for any player. So it, it's funny because sometimes people will say, and I'm sure you, you, you've heard it, well, Cam's the team MVP, but uh, oh, yeah. Connor's the hard trophy candidate. And I do agree with that. But, I mean, he's a team MVP. This is, that's, I mean, he's not just sliding in uh, as a team MVP because there's nobody else to pick. If he beats out Connor McDavid for team MVP, you're beating out the potential scoring champion of the NHL. So this is a great, uh, it's not a battle between the two of them, but this is great to have a guy who now, I mean, can you put him in the top five in the NHL in goalies? I, I think so. Uh, very close. And you've got a guy who's definitely top five in scoring. So I, I think those are emerging individual stories. And Cam, you, you can't meet a nicer guy. I mean, he's his... Uh, down to earth and as friendly as uh, you can imagine. Uh, his father Mark's a real friendly guy and got to know him a little bit on the father's trip uh, when they joined the Edmonton Oilers for a couple of games. Comes from a good background. He's even half Italian, so I like that. We'll throw that in <laughs> there, as well. There you go. Uh, on, his, on his mom's side. So, I mean, what more could you ask for? So, you know, I mean, and, and the success he's had, who's not pulling for him? You don't think Henrik Lundqvist and the former Rangers are pulling for him or his former university or guys he might have played junior B or junior. I mean, Cam's a guy that people like to like. And so for him to have this kind of success on and off the ice, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, truly. Uh, Bobrovsky, 39 wins. Talbot, 37. Dubnik and Holtby both with 36. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's and he's second in shutouts now to, yeah. to Holtby. I mean, I know earlier in the season, Rob and I would be asked, well, is he a Vezina Trophy candidate? And we'd say, well, you know, because for a lot of the season, it was kind of Holtby, uh, Dubnik, Bobrovsky, and then maybe even throw in Price, right? So Rob and yeah. I were always like, well, I don't know if yeah. we quite... But now, yeah, I mean, is he going to win it? I don't know. Is he gonna, He's going to get votes. I don't know if he'll have any, as, enough votes to get in the top three, but he's going to get votes. Yeah, I mean, it's like a horse race. And, you know, coming around that last stretch, around the bend, and listen, he was a bit back of the pack. Uh, but now you're, he's that that horse that's charging from the back and is trying to win it by a nose. And uh, I don't know if he will. I mean, it may depend, unfortunately, the earlier the Oilers clinch, uh, the, the worse it might be for Cam regarding games played, wins, potential shutouts. Um, but understandably, if they, they get a playoff spot and they're not as concerned about home ice, which we'll have to wait and see, he may lessen his workload here over the last 10 games of the season. But uh, it, it's a great story. I mean, and, and here's Connor. I mean, look at this. It's back and forth. Speaking of uh, races, uh, with uh, the, the handful of guys that are battling it out to be top scorers, Connor understanding that he won't catch some of those guys in goal, so he's got to catch them in points and surpass them. I mean, last night, that first period, uh, he's, like, good to great every game. Mm-hmm. I'd say even his bad games, he's still pretty good. Uh, and I, even, I don't even say bad about Connor McDavid. i got to go have a shower now. I feel terrible saying that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, last night in the first period, he could, you know, he could have walked away with four points and said, all right, everybody, <laughs> I'm just going to save it for next game. I mean, there are games where he truly, and periods where he truly takes over, and that, 
I think is why we call him a generational talent. There aren't many guys who can take over games, periods, and he does it, you know, about as often as anybody else in the league, if not more often. Gene, just a couple more for you. I mean, we mentioned sure. the different feeling at this time of year. Certainly for uh, for the fans, you're looking at the standings in, in a totally different light. Do you think there's there's something to it for for some of the guys? And, I mean, look, we know Nugent Hopkins and Eberle have, have been here the longest. Hendricks has been here uh, a few years. Uh, I mean, even under the Shirelli regime, Cassian and Latestu and some and even Maroon was here at the end of last year. Um do you think it's it, they it's they got to find a different maybe page from their past experience where like you said it's not like okay of course I'm going to try but I also don't want to get hurt and I know on April 15th I can fly to Maui if I want I mean do you, yeah. do, do you think that uh there there's going to be some some revelations and awakenings in that department Yeah I think that you know a lot of these players have got to flip the switch and it's good that there's the, the switch is not like at home where you just kind of flip it real quick. I mean, this is going to take a little bit of time as they transition. And many of them who've only watched a playoff game uh, will say that they're ready and, and they will be ready. But you can't be ready for something I don't think you've ever experienced. You can prepare. You can think you're at that level. Uh, but I think once you get to that level, you're going to go, holy fill in the blank mm-hmm. so but i think that they'll be able to do that I, I you think that jordan emberley's not and when i say you i don't mean you read but in general you don't think that after being uh an also ran his entire career basically that he's going to be not ready to go in the playoffs forget it he'll be ready ryan nugent hopkins he'll be ready cam talbot who seems to use uh, the the fuel of the fire of people questioning his not questioning his fitness, wondering if he's tired, wondering if he can continue to do this. You don't think he's going to be ready? But as ready as he's going to be, it's still going to be different. Imagine what that building will be like for game one or game three of the opening round of the playoffs. I mean, I think I'm ready, but I'm not even going to be ready, and I don't have anything to do compared to them. So <laughs> I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great. I just think that this next uh, you know set of ten games uh, are going to be enjoyable as they, A, make it, and then B, find out where they're making it, and C, find out who they're playing, and then let's get it on, man. Let's get going with this. It's been a long, long wait. I have been through the uh, the decade of darkness, as uh, you and others have called it, or how you mention it, and so I'm ready to see the light, my friend. I am ready to see the light. All right, and last one for you. That's a great statement, by the way. Uh, Jalen Nye, who hosts our afternoon news, says, can you please ask Gene a question? So sure, here's Jalen's question. Via Reed. <laughs> How far in advance do you come up with your puns, Gene? Oh, Jalen and I and others, it varies. I, I have an idea what I'm going to do tomorrow night. Uh, there's some nights where I have an idea for Denver, but we have to see what happens in the actual games. Uh, there's some days that it's it's writer's block, and you're thinking, what am I going to do? And how am I going to do it? And what am I going to use to do it? And then there's other times it's, you know, like uh, we have good games, we have okay games, and sometimes things just flow easily so tell Jay Lynn that it, it varies but generally I have a pretty good idea you know we go to morning skate with story ideas I go to morning skate with pun ideas and then just kind of keep going through the day to see if it fits if I have to change if I have to you know maneuver it a little bit so it's it's been fun I've never felt like uh, you know I, I'm not the show it's the players that are the show but if we can as you do on your show uh, with Rob and other guests that you have uh, 
uh, joining if you can have a little bit of fun you know why not and i've always said never make fun of the players that's not what i'm about uh, but i'm okay to make fun of myself or make fun of what's on deck regarding the game and the the matchups and you know the standings and all that so that's my answer and tell Jalen uh thank you for the question Gene great to have you on the show enjoy this uh brief little two-game road trip and I'll see you again on the weekend buddy sounds great thanks Reed have a good night that is Gene Principe from Sportsnet checking in of course used to work at uh remember old A Channel here in the city of uh, Edmonton a guy I've known and respected for a long time somebody texting in simply saying I love Gene Great interview. Well, that is much appreciated. You can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. I got a text from the Big L about individual awards that I'll get to when we get back. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. So still 1-1 between Calgary and Washington. Seven minutes left in the second period. The Sharks play later on tonight. Well, actually, in a few minutes, they start against the Minnesota Wild, so that will have an effect on the Oilers' hopes of trying to get first place in their division. The Big L texting in, he says, Reed, do you think it's realistic that the Oilers will be, or that Oilers will be in the running for the Jack Adams, Vesna, and Hart trophies i think Connor mcdavid is and will be definitely in the running for the Hart trophy i think he has a good chance to win it the vesna will we'll see i mean if if talbot is is second in the league in wins and handles the continues to handle the workload as well as he has he's certainly going to get some votes we'll, we'll see if he'd be enough to be one of the three finalists Jack Adams again. If the Oilers finish strong, if if they if they win the division or get close to it, I would think McClellan will get some votes. I mean, I know there's a lot of Babcock talk. Certainly, um, you know, Trots. Certainly, Tortorella. I, I guess my short answer would be Big L. Is that I definitely think McDavid will be a Hart Trophy. I think Talbot is emerging as a dark horse to be a finalist for the Vesna. I, I don't think ultimately McClellan will be in the top three and votes for the Jack Adams. But maybe uh, if you ask me again in two weeks, maybe there'll be a different answer. It's pretty fun to talk about. Uh, we'll update the full scoreboard a little bit more on the Oilers, of course, as we keep going along. And we'll wrap up an interesting season for the Edmonton Oil Kings as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. Calgary trailing Washington 2-1 late in the second period. I'll give you your full scoreboard in a couple of minutes. It's Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight at 634 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Warren Mulvey is our studio producer this evening, working the controls on the other side of the window. Warren, good to see you, buddy. How you doing, Reed? Good. A few things I want to get to here. I assume you are not a veterinarian. I'm not a veterinarian. That's correct. I don't know what it's called, but anybody who has a dog will probably be aware of this. And I'll, I don't want to gross anybody out, but it's something dogs do. Sometimes a dog will drag his or her uh, rump along the carpet or whatever. You know, I don't know. I can't remember why they do it, but they will go through phases where they where they do that. Official, the, uh, the Oilers Nation Instagram account. You're familiar with Oilers Nation. I they am, yeah. blog for all the fans and oh, messages, yeah. and they, they write a whole bunch of stuff, and they put on events. They do a good job. Bag Milk is the 
name of one of the guys uh, who does a lot of the writing, not his real name. So they have uh, put a little video on Instagram of it looks like, uh, I don't think it's a full-on Chihuahua. It actually, I don't know what kind of dog it is. It looks like a Chihuahua pug cross. You can imagine that. Doing the, the bum drag on a Anaheim Ducks jersey. It's just quite, it's, it's, it's actually quite funny. Like this little dog just does a whole circle around the uh, on and over the logo, uh, around and around the logo on the jersey. Well, I hope they take him <laughs> to the vet after, because I know why. I I know I have a Chihuahua, and I know why the the poor pup does that. It's like a anal thing, but anyway. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> just I want you to take just that piece of audio and put it on your radio demo tape. For your next job. All right, I'll I'll keep that in mind. I, I have received a couple text messages that that is it does indeed uh, have to do that, have to do with that area of the of the body. So there we go. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text us at six thirty six thirty six thirty. That's what I love about hosting this show, because I feel that I've been doing it long enough that there's at least some section of the audience thinking like. Wow, they actually talked about that. That's funny. However, there's a, probably a larger section of the audience that is horrified and they're wondering what they're listening to right now. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This texture says, uh, DW says, Reed, you forgot about another Oiler up for an award. What about the Norris going to Justin Schultz? Whoops, never mind. Oh, DW, that is a cheeky text. This texture says, my son played hockey with Gene Principe's nephew. And he used to come to many games and a nicer person you will not find. What you see is what you get. Gene Principe is truly a nice human being. He truly is a good guy. And I, look, I understand sometimes people make fun of him for the puns. And when you work in broadcasting, you know, you're not going to be for everybody. But I, I hope that people realize even if you don't like uh, the humor or the the style Gene presents you can criticize that but don't criticize the person he is indeed a great guy this texture says uh, hey Reed what did you think of Adam Larson last night pinching in the ozone to lay a hit he'll be interesting in the playoffs so sorry that's actually from Mike I gotta say this Mike I've liked what I've seen from Adam Larson all year round and before you start texting me about the Taylor Hall trade <laughs> Look, Adam Larson was brought in to do a specific job, very different from the job that Taylor Hall had been doing and that he's now doing in New Jersey. So we can only evaluate um, Taylor Hall, or we can only evaluate Adam Larson on that. And I quite frankly think Adam Larson has come as advertised. You can go back and listen to Peter Shirelli on the day the trade was made. You know, he'll play physical, he'll play well positionally. He's not a sexy player, but he can get the puck out. And quite, quite frankly, I don't know if people agree with me, Adam Larson is a, a little more aggressive than I thought he would be. He's not afraid to be a little chippy out there and a little mean at times, and I think that's been a nice addition to the team. I think people are in a good mood tonight. Seth says, hey, Reed, quick question. I haven't heard anything on the radio or seen anything online about this coming draft. Who is the potential number one pick? Oh, who cares? Because the Oilers are going to the playoffs, baby. That's from Seth. And then I did raise my voice there because he put a couple of exclamation marks at the end of the sentence. I know Nolan Patrick from the Brandon Wheat Kings was uh, much ballyhooed, ballyhooed, but he, he missed some time with the uh, injuries. 
And another texter writing in, Reed, it's actually called the Adam Larson trade. Is he now the bigger name in the deal? Because he's been playing well for the Oilers? Wow, that's that's a good one. Let's do the scoreboard. Ottawa leading Boston 2-1 late in the second period. Washington has just scored. So Oilers fans are going to like this. I'm just trying. They're showing the replay. And I can't tell who got the goal because a couple guys were swinging at it in front. But it's 3-1 Washington leading Calgary late in the second period. Penguins up 1-0 on the Sabres after two. Devils leading the Rangers 2-1 late second period. Red Wings up on the Habs 1-0 early second frame. Also early in the second, Coyotes and Lightning tied 1-1. Hurricanes and Panthers are tied 3-3 in the second. Flyers and Jets no score late in the first. Canucks and Blackhawks just underway. Sharks and Wild about to begin. Blues and Avalanche a little bit later on. Oilers and Ducks tomorrow. You can text 63630. Turned out to be a tough year for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, they didn't m- make the playoffs. They had a 16-game losing streak they had to endure. Their regular season ended on Sunday. Their assistant coach is Ryan Marsh. Ryan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. I know I got to see you around Rogers Place a lot this season. Uh, often, you know, in, you guys are waiting to practice after the Oilers, or you were just taking in an Oilers practice, and uh, it was an interesting year for the Oil Kings. I think for a lot of observers, they may be divided into two sections. Uh, before a couple of big trades happened and after, you went through the season. Uh, how did it feel going through that? Was it kind of a, a two-section year? Yeah, I think you're pretty accurate with the two sections. Um, you know, uh, I think we were exceeding expectations a little bit earlier in the year, uh, <clears throat> clipping along, and we were in the we were in the playoffs and, and you know challenging um, for actually you know one of those top three spots um, in our division, and um, you know we uh, we made the the choice as an organization to to move a couple key pieces and a couple key twenty year olds and. Um, you know, we knew we were we were uh, we were going to miss those guys, but you know, we might have you know underestimated how valuable they were, uh, because after we uh, we moved uh, Lane Bauer and, and Aaron Irving, we really did struggle to, to kind of find our way and um, had a really tough second half, and uh, you know, ended up not being in the playoffs, which is you know really disappointing right now to have the season over. Um, but at the same time, we've you know we've put together a real nice core, uh, core group of young players that uh, um, I think are going to carry us into some some really good things here in the future. So it was it was a real tough tough finish to the year, and like you said, two different different sides, um, two different extremes. Um, but we're trying to look at it as a, as a positive going forward now that the season is done. How did the players deal with it? I mean, there was obviously there was that long losing streak. Uh, I mean, I think I know players are positive and they're always working hard and they're always hoping for the best. But I'm sure there was some realism that set in as well that that maybe against some teams they were they were overmatched. How, how did the players deal with some of the challenges as the season went along? Well, I, I think it was tough. You know, for some of our older players, you know, our 19-year-olds and our and our 20-year-olds, we did gain two 20s back in those trades, and those are really that's really tough situations to go. You know, in your last year to get moved from a contender to a team that you know may not make the playoffs. So I think you know there was there was some transition there. It was it was tough for those players. Um, you know, but for our young players, it was it was great. 
you know, it was uh, an opportunity for them to play more and to get more experience. And and so really as, a, as an organization and as a, a staff of coaches, we really had to try to bring that together and, and bring the two groups together and, and make them understand that, um, you know, this is an organizational decision and we need to go forward and, and be the best we can be. And um, so that, that was part of, uh, you know, a little bit of our struggles is, is, you know, trying to get all on the same page and deal with uh, with that change during the year. And, um, you know, I really felt as, as the year went on, um, the team really embraced what we were. And, you know, we started to make some gains, uh, you know, late in the year. I really wish we would have had a little bit more time with our group because I really felt we did kind of start to, to turn the corner and, and play much better hockey, uh, you know, down the stretch. What did you and head coach Steve Hamilton do maybe in terms of, I don't know if it was goal setting or individual goals for guys or just, you know, to try to keep the energy uh, positive and keep the learning going on at, at practice day to day? Well, we did do a little bit of a reset, you know, as far as our stats went. Um, we realized that we needed to kind of flush away what, you know, early the early part of the year and kind of reset, you know, and, and do kind of a reset on stats and, team stats and individual stats, those types of things that we, we, you know, so we tried to change the focus there. We really tried to focus on the process, you know, and not so much the outcome. And, and uh, you know, people don't, didn't, you know, understand too or, or see as well that we really had a tough back end of the schedule. The second half of our schedule was much tougher than it was in the first half. Um, we had some tougher opponents, but we also had teams now that were loading up and, and, you know, and, and, and building for a playoff run and, you know, the opposite of what we were doing. And we played a lot of those teams in that second half. So we had to really focus on the process a lot and, and you know, not worry as much about the outcome, even though you are pushing to win. Uh, we had to really, you know, you mentioned to get back to really teaching. We had a, a young group that we had to teach. Uh, we had to provide opportunity for them to get a ton of reps in practice and, and really um, kind of reset and, and that, uh, uh, um, you know, the way we had to play and, 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 you know, teach some of those things again and, and get lots of reps at doing it and then build confidence because when, you, when you're not winning, you start to, to lose a little bit of that confidence and a little bit of that swagger and we need to try to build that up. So we, we tried lots of different avenues in different ways and, uh, you know, it was uh, – a great opportunity as as coaches to really, you know, have to to really dig deep and, and find other ways to coach. You know, sometimes you just kind of roll out the same plan every night to a team that's maybe a veteran team and a good team, and it's it's quite easy. This was a this was a challenge, and it really you know just in ways that we hadn't been in the past as coaches. So that was you know certainly a positive too. Ryan Marsh joining us on Inside Sports, assistant coach for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Their season ended on the weekend. Uh, they're not going to the playoffs this year. I mean, you touched on, on you know, some, do, doing some of the work and, and that being a positive. And, you know, unfortunately for you guys, there's been a lot of questions like I've been asking you, how did you deal with this, what went wrong, all that kind of stuff. What, what are you gonna, what's going to be a positive that you're going to take out of the season, whether it was a, a big win or a player making progress or just a, a, a good team experience? Because, you know, there's always tons of good things that happen in a, in a season as well. Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is um – you know, just to see the growth of our young group, our, our group of, um, you know, our group of 99 and 2,000 born players, our 16 and 17 year olds. Um, you know, those players were, you know, 
got to play a lot more than they would have if you know we would have stayed status quo in our year. They, you know, and, and a little bit of that was to, due to the fact that we did have some injuries as well to add to the to to, the, to some of the the moves that we made. But you know, we really relied heavily on um, you know a real young back end and defenseman that you know that were playing some real key minutes and minutes they wouldn't have played. You know. Um, you know, they didn't play early in the year and wouldn't have played without those moves. And then, same as our forwards. And and what we really tried to do was really get a good foundation in, in defending, really learning again how to defend and how to, you know, to be a really good team without the puck. Um, you know, because we were a team that was going to have trouble scoring. You know, that was one of our issues. We just didn't have that punch up front to to get into these shootouts. So we really had to learn how to defend and and learn how to play without the puck again. And I think that will benefit us as we go forward because these players are going to become more offensive. They're going to become or have the ability to score and produce offense. And But now we have that foundation that we know how to play defense. We know how to play without the puck. And we certainly instilled that in them. And, um, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it from some of the scores that you saw probably as the year went on, but I think we really took some strides there and we'll be a much tougher team to play against you know, going forward, and if we can add some offense, obviously with, you know, just the experience and uh, that we, you know, we're going to have going forward and some guys just getting older and growing into those roles, I think we're going to be, uh, you know, a really good team down the road. Well, certainly, you know, it's been a great uh, franchise for the city so far, and I know you're going to bounce back from this tough year. Ryan, thanks for giving us some insight on, on what the, uh, the journey of the team for this year, and I know I'll still see you around the rink, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Rita. Appreciate it. Ryan Marsh from the Edmonton Oil Kings. They had a tough end of the year. Coming up, we'll celebrate a team that had a great end to its season. In fact, they went undefeated, an Edmonton team. You'll find out who next. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Oh, great track, Warren Mulvey. You should get a job as a disc jockey. Washington leading Calgary 3-1 now after two periods. If that result holds, the Oilers will be a point ahead of the Flames with a game in hand. Of course, the Oilers play Anaheim tomorrow. Oilers and Ducks are tied. In the next half hour of the show, we'll talk a little bit more about that 16-game suspension for Kyle Sheen. He's the player who hit Ryan Smith and injured him in the Chinook League final between Lacombe and Stony Plain. We'll be joined by Chinook League President Jerry Muse. That's going to be interesting to see what's going on with that. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I've been talking about a, a lot of university sports over the last couple of weeks. We'll have two Pandas hockey players in studio at 730. They won U Sports Gold. And this also caught my attention as well on the weekend. The Jasper Place Rebels girls basketball team won 4A Provincials. Not only did they do that, they went undefeated 35-0 and throughout the season. They're coached by Lauren Green. Lauren, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. I mean, what an incredible season, undefeated. Um, were the girls feeling that, that pressure of, oh, we got to keep the zero in the win column? Certainly other schools would have been gunning for you. What was the whole season like not losing a game? Yeah, I think uh, the undefeated is is a great accomplishment, but for us coming into the season, I don't think 
that was necessarily our single goal. Um, last year, we finished second at Provincials, and I had 11 of 12 players back from that team. So our goal was more so just to win Provincials. But uh, we kind of took it one game at a time, and that led to us ultimately winning every game. <laughs> I was looking back at your scores, and, I mean, you had some close games, but there was a, there were a lot of games you know, even a couple of games at, at Provincials where you had comfortable double-digit, you know, more than 20-point victories. I mean, that you always want to play with the lead, but, but that sometimes bad habits can, can set in. But clearly that didn't happen with you guys. Yeah, definitely. That's something that we thought about throughout the season. It's, uh, we had lots of games where we would uh, be up by 20 or so at halftime, and... Um, I'd be angry about something that the girls were doing and uh, they'd have to buy into kind of still playing just as hard as the game would go on. So those bad habits kind of wouldn't come forward, but we, we were in multiple kind of situations throughout the year. We didn't have a ton of close games, but we did have enough where um, if we played poorly, the girls would kind of still feel like it was a loss um, without needing to lose. So, uh, I felt like we were prepared going into provincials for kind of any scenario that we were ended up being put in. You beat Western Canada 74-59 in the final to clinch the gold medal and to clinch the 35-0 season. Is this uh, is this a young team? Do you expect a lot of players back? Or, or I, I, know, I know you probably hate it when people in the media do this because the season just ended, but uh, are, is there already optimism for, for next year? Uh, well, we had eight grade 12 this year so we lose eight and return four so um it'll definitely be a little bit of a rebuild next year but we're hoping to get some new grade 10s in that uh that can kind of keep the keep the role going i don't uh, i don't have uh i don't know that an undefeated season again is in the in the works but um i, I still do have high expectations i think these girls that have been in the program for a few years now have have set what our culture is and the girls that come in, I think know what to expect. And, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of just keeping it going. How, how have the Edmonton schools been doing recently in high school basketball? Like I know from the boys standpoint, uh, I think Raymond is still, still competitive. Is it, I mean, is, is the North typically stronger than the South or how has it been recently? Uh, it kind of goes back and forth a little bit. Uh, last year, St. Francis from Calgary um, is who beat us in the provincial final. Um, and then, I'm trying to remember who it was the year before. I think Cardston won the year before. So, it, oh, sorry, Medicine Hat won. That was when we hosted it. And then the year before was Cardston. So, it kind of goes back and forth. Edmonton was actually really strong this year. We ended up sending five teams to provincials. So, um, it was a it was a pretty strong year overall at Edmonton for girls basketball. All right. Well, Lauren, again, congratulations. Gold medal, 35-0 and for Jasper Place. Uh, enjoy it. I'm sure you're the talk of the school this week. Thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports. Thanks for having me. That is Lauren Green checking in, the coach of the Jasper Place Rebels Senior Girls Basketball Team 4A Provincial Champions. Congratulations to them. All right, quick timeout. We're back after the news to talk more about that hit on Ryan Smith and the ensuing suspension. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.